Hey guys, welcome back to episode 7 of Calculated Chaos. Today I'm here with Lydia Day Doll and we're in the Dublin uh, Combat Academy. So let's get into it. So, how are you Hello, doing? how are you? Thank so, you very much for coming up. Thank you very much for having us. You're um, welcome. I'm just finished training, so this <laughs> my hair looks like this. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So, could you just quickly introduce yourself? So, yes. My name is Lydia Daydal. Yeah. I'm the creator of MMA Connect TV, yeah. which is a combat sports media platform. Um, I don't like to say media outlet because that would assume that I'm a journalist or qualified. I'm just someone yeah. who's very passionate about martial arts and combat sports. Um, but yeah, there's a lot. It's a lot of um, content that's centered around video. So yeah. I follow the journey of amateur and professional Irish fighters, UK fighters. And now I'll be moving into working with more European-based fighters and American fighters down the line. Amazing. Yeah. And how did this whole journey begin? Like, where did your whole martial arts journey begin? Uh, yeah, like, I, I mean, I know we spoke before we started recording yeah. about, um, I've done another podcast yeah. uh, with Paddy Holohan. Shamecast, brilliant podcast. Thank you very enjoy, much. Thank you. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, on that we spoke about how I was in music before um, I got into martial arts and you know, I had a, a crazy, like, seven, eight years where I was singing in the band, traveling the world. Um, we'll get into that later on as well, because I think that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing story. I know, people are like, what? You were doing that? It's like <laughs> such a, it seems like such a lifetime ago. I was a completely different person. But, um, yeah, so I, when I finished in the band, I was kind of like going through a bit of a, you know, trying to understand what had happened. You know, this band that I was in for eight years had fallen apart. And, um. I was just looking for something completely different. I wanted mm. to change. Subconsciously, at the time, I didn't really know that I was looking for something maybe a little bit more, something to kind of ground me or yeah. just I wanted a complete change of lifestyle and I didn't really know how to give myself the tools to do that. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, her boyfriend, had suggested that I started jiu-jitsu yeah. based off of being drunk and like wrestling people when they're out drunk you know all the lads <laughs> are friends that I'd be like wrestling in the middle of a street you know after a couple of drinks he's like do, you need to do jiu-jitsu you're actually you'd be very good at it so I did I went and I basically just stopped you know drinking socializing with people that maybe weren't you know a positive influence course, in my yeah. life and um just sort of cut out I suppose all the negative um living yeah, um, yeah. And, and went to see a therapist and you know dealt with some maybe like issues from you know when I was growing up or different things that I felt I needed to kind of address hmm. and yeah so I just kind of cut myself off from everything uh, for about a year and a half and I just done jiu-jitsu just trained started eating clean started losing weight you know met new people that were kind of on the same sort of journey as I was yeah. I suppose and, uh, and then that led me to obviously from being in the band and I had I done um you know I had managed us for a long time in the band mm. before we signed kind of big record deals yeah um and then when obviously big contracts come through and stuff you sort of bring in new management mm. and different things and they look after everything so I had done a lot of like social media and PR and stuff on the back of that and um it got back to someone that had worked in a promotion called Bama which was an MMA promotion yeah. that used to uh, have fights in the three arena and they were like, oh, would you be interested in like giving us a hand with like social media on fighters and different stuff? So up until that point, I really was only kind of new fighters that were of maybe a jiu-jitsu base because it was what I was around. Yeah. I didn't really know that many fighters that were like in MMA or Muay Thai or, you know, whatever else it might be. Um, so when I started at Bama, I was kind of like overwhelmed by, I suppose, the process mm. of like the fight night and the athlete and how they 
um, you know, how they prepare and, you know, all this weeks of work sort of just comes to sort of this moment in, you know, a Saturday evening at five or six, seven o'clock, yeah. whatever it is, where like 9,000 people are going to watch you, you know, do your thing. Do yeah. your thing yeah. And like absolutely like mill some lad or some girl out of it, you know, or try, or try your best to yeah. <laughs> or be on the receiving yeah. end of it. Um, and I was just really captivated by it, not only from the obviously the fighting element, but um, just it's very emotional. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. If you go into a, 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 a warm up room in an event, whether it's a community show or whether it's at the Tree Arena, it's very weird, you know. I'm, I'm a bit of an empath. I kind of, uh, you know, I vibe off energy and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's very weird to go into that and, um, you know, to. You, you can really see, you know, the fighter that will win, that will lose, that will. In those moments, it's a very yeah. telling thing. So to be able to now be at a position where, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, like the process of MMA Connect TV is that I go to events, I'm hired by the promoter to go, mm. um, and I basically showcase their entire event. So yeah. it's showing people at home, it, it, it's it's kind of partnering with the idea of social media, you know, so yeah. social media has completely taken over from television at the moment. Yeah. Um, nobody watches, you know, not a lot of people watch the rest of TV anymore. It's all about Netflix. It's all about, um, you know, downloading films, and, yeah. and it's all watching stuff on your phone. So I knew that to get access to people or to be able to give people a window into what goes on, so many people make the mistake of going, oh, I'm going to do pay-per-view or I'm going to do, um, you know, try and get like regional TV to get involved or whatever it might be. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. And down the line, it could potentially be, you know, very Mm. interesting or whatever. But you want something quick and fast. And the only way to do that is with social media. So I knew that there was a niche in the market to give someone the opportunity like to sit at home and to be having a couple of beers on a Saturday night and you know the kids are in bed or like you've no money to go out with the lads and you're just yeah. sat at home but then you're able to tune into MMA Connect TV and you're able to see exactly what's going down from a particular event that we're at you know or if you have friends fighting you're able to see them from like so many people sit in the crowd mm-hmm. and watch MMA Connect and go oh such and so like he must be up next he's warming up yeah. and then they'll message me oh is when's he up? you know what I mean so there's kind of like this <laughs> yeah. community of like everyone is sort of connected and hence MMA Connect TV yeah. um, and we all sort of like you know I feel like it's, it's almost like being someone's eyes it's like being mm. you know the Google um, Letter, or this, you know like Google the snap Lens, Google Lens, like the Snapchat filter yeah. where you can like put on your things and like they can see your Snapchat it's that idea yeah. you know what I mean it's, it's getting people to see the sort of um, the the structure and the, the kind of the life that these fighters are living you mm. know what I mean and from that then it obviously developed from just being that to kind of, I suppose, having a more um, more of a responsibility to fighters in that, you know, they can, the people that we work with, the fighters that I work with, they get to, um, I suppose, put their trust in me and trust that I'm going to produce uh, some kind of content that will allow them to help promote themselves or to, yeah. you know, they can use that as like, they can go to a promoter and go oh you know if we do this if we do that i can get MA connect tv involved or whatever it might be yeah. you know so um yeah so that's where we're at so yeah. it's like uh, three years three years uh january four years three or four years but i mean really it's the last year and a half that things have sort of exploded and, and taken off 
Mm. Um, and from it then obviously you know I got the gig with Virgin Media yeah, which was massive yeah. I won, how it happened was I won an award I won an award for this like rise the All Ireland Business Summit yeah and um, gave me an award for um, rising star in new media mm. and you know at the time I was like what I was like I'm nominated I was like it <laughs> was strange I was like I looked at like the people who were in my category you know it was like I don't want to say like proper businesses, but that's how it you yeah, know, yeah, felt yeah. or whatever. And um, yeah, so yeah, it was just very strange when I, especially when I won, when I was out and they called it out, I was like, what? I was like, are you sure? And then to find out that it was like the first, um, you know, first in the combat sports, I suppose, or even nominated, yeah. like that were recognized, you know? And what they had said was that it was that, you know, I had built something that was accessible for people who weren't involved in combat sports, yeah, which yeah. was the key, always the key detail is that like you could be a fan of fight sports or combat sports, um, but you could also be someone who has no interest in it whatsoever, yeah. or you're, it's just your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend's into it, um, but you can still sit back and enjoy the interviews that we do or enjoy the coverage. Yeah. Um, and then it was, yeah, through that, just growing, Virgin Media were like, you know you've got a good personality mm. let's get you in and, and do a show with us and see how you get on and that was in august last year and now i'm kind of part of the furniture in there well kind of but um i'm doing probably like two or three shows a month we rotate the panel yeah um and elaine elaine Crowley obviously presents it um which has been great like that's been a learning curve as well in terms of mm. you know knowing how to like speak to camera and yeah to um, know how to, you know, speak and look and, you know, you think you, you, you sit a certain way when you're, like, doing some, mm. like, a filming and then when you're actually in front of a, an actual TV camera and you watch it back, you realise how different it looks yeah, 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 than yeah. what you thought, you know? So yeah. just little things like that. And then, obviously, advice and stuff on, you know, business things and getting to be able to go into like a TV studio, TV yeah, company, yeah. massive media like Virgin and be like, what do you think? I got this in, like, should I do this? You know, it's obviously very grateful for it. Yeah, it's funny the way that you've played both sides of it as in like you're in the TV studio, like the conventional TV side, but yeah. also you built your whole business on social media, you know, like it's, yeah. And like, it's been, I don't know, like, how do you find that? Like, do you like, you know, I suppose like it's kind of a cool experience in the whole TV side, but would you like to keep going down that route or would you like to go full-time with MMA Connect TV or which which way would you like to go or could you balance both? Well, I, I can definitely balance both because I am balancing both. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's like it's conflicted, you know. I feel so attached to MMA Connect TV and it's like even days where I'm like, you know, I take time, like what you have to give, like I'm, at the moment, the only reason I can do this with you is because yeah. I took four weeks off, you know. I mm. literally cancelled um, our events for this month because I hadn't, taken time off since Christmas mm. and a lot of people think you go to the show you film for seven eight hours and then that's it that's all you do but there's a whole process I mean you'll know you have to edit yeah. you have to like make sure things look right you have to like you know make sure that um the video looks good that you have to write the content then you have to post it there's a whole process that goes yeah. into it it's very time consuming um but I mean I've always said we started doing documentaries as well mm. like they're short they're they're four parts they're 15 minutes long and that's sort of like I I I done an interview with um, uh, an actor called John Connors, okay. um, who's in Carbo Gangsters. He's playing. Um, it was in it was in Love Hate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and he is uh, doing a biopic. Uh, he's playing Big Joe Egan. 
And when I went out and I interviewed him um, at his camp in Darndale, like Kulak, it's just out in North Dublin. Mm. And um, we'd done the interview, it was like about 45 minutes long. But I, afterwards, I just sat there and like spoke about, you know, doing the documentaries and this and that. And, and you know, because obviously he's got massive experience in doing documentaries and film and, and TV. And um, just got some advice off him, gave me some like tips and, you know, we just spoke about it really. And ended up staying in touch and like are constantly just kind of like back and forth to each other with different things. Um, and then from that, I was like, okay, I really want to focus on documentaries, but I want to do them properly. I want to do them with, with a production company, with, you know, get them on TV as yeah. opposed to, I think, and make Connect TV was the gateway for me to understand that like there was something that I want to do and I found them interesting. Um, so that's something that I'm, you know, I'm mm. writing treatments at the moment. So it's just basically like, I suppose, uh, like an essay of what you want to do or yeah. what the documentaries want to be about. Um, and then you pitch them to TV companies and they say, oh, okay, that looks really interesting. We'll give you X amount of money and you go off and make it. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll put it on TV or whatever it might be. It's not that easy, but it's yeah, in a yeah. perfect world. It's <laughs> yeah. um, so that's something that I want to do. And then obviously, like, I love the Elaine show because it's it's fun, it's different. It's not what I do, like, in the day job. It's, yeah. you know, it's very lighthearted and... Sometimes there's obviously, you know, conversations that we have that are, um, you know, close to your heart and we talk about mental health quite a bit, we talk about relationships quite a bit. Um, so that's good as well and it's opening up a new audience for me as well. Course, you know, so yeah, like yeah. that sort of, you know, obviously with Emily Connect TV, the majority of people who watch it is, is men. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's just the analytics, that's just the way it is. It's like <laughs> men 18 to 30, you know. So it's good to ha- be able to connect with maybe a female audience as well mm. on the opposite side. Yeah. yeah. So we'll take it back then to the beginning of your career. I really want to get into the music thing because, yeah. like, when I first contacted you months ago, I mm. know that's how long it took to get me on yeah. the show. Well, plus... <laughs> it took me months in advance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, like, because I, I wanted to get you on the podcast because I thought you had an interesting story with you building MMA Connect TV, and mm-hmm. I kind of want to get people that I don't know, see people that w- maybe people wouldn't generally think of. I want to have different different guests, and um, yeah, we've had a go kart, a female go character who's been signed now with. Uh, it's e-carding over in Italy, so she's like, we're my Tesla. Wow. She's from Galway, like, so like, you know. No way, but like, she's, and it's from by Tesla. Yeah, so like, they're funded, but she was the first female signed to the team, because uh, apparently, I didn't even know this, motorsports isn't really distinguishing men and women, they're all in together, because yeah. obviously, cars and stuff, but, yeah. like, just kind of, maybe have a bit of a different aspect of the whole Wait, thing. what's her name? Uh, E-Familia. Oh. Yeah. I met, that's so strange. That's so You've weird. met her too? Yes, she was on the Elaine show with us. Oh, no way. Yeah, because they, they were doing a thing on Mondello. I knew, I was like, I bet you I, I know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way, I didn't yeah. even know she did that. Yeah, she did. There was like four or five of them that came out. Yeah, with Nicola, the girl who's just pure as well. I can't remember her surname, but um, they all came out and they were guests on the Elaine show. So I was on the panel oh, wow, the day yeah, and we yeah. met them. Yeah. yeah, she's a very interesting story. Just kind of, just even, I thought she was very, very interesting as well. Yeah. But um, And we bonded because I was able, you know, they were saying about how there's like not a lot of support for women yeah, in that sport. And I was like, well, I kind of understand yeah. it, you know. I mean, women in combat sports, is obviously, especially in MMA, is massive. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you have boxing and you have Muay Thai as well. But in, in media and print media and like, you know, TV, it's not very common yeah. to see, you know, women. Well, you see a certain type. You see women who are like, you know, in a lovely dress, and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. they just want to, they just say the results or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, but it's it's a very small window for people who kind of are creative and who have a different path. So I when they came on, I was like, this is amazing. Let's it chat. Is, yeah. So we kept in touch. That's that's wild that you um, 
Yeah, and I've only done this that. episode seven, so like I haven't done yeah, that, yeah. that many. <laughs> but, number seven. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, it's an amazing story, and uh, I think people actually really enjoyed that. The fact you know that it was so different, and like she, like like you said, like MMA, it actually isn't too bad. And in the whole scheme of things, it's not too bad for the gender gap. Hasn't mm-hmm. like it's like I definitely think you know. Obviously, Dana White said years ago famously, women will never find the UFC, and then yeah. of course, like everything he says, he the total opposite that happens yeah. you know who believes that man anymore yeah. <laughs> nobody <laughs> and then of course Ronda Rousey comes along and then just changes the sport forever yeah. like you know um, but uh, that's 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 not how you actually know who she is as well I didn't yeah. even know she was on the lane show yeah she was but um, so then how did you get into music so you kind of like how did that all come about um, I joined the band I'd say I was probably like early 20s I moved I moved to Dublin I'm originally from Waterford okay and I moved to Dublin when I was I moved to London when I was 19 and I lived there for seven months and when I was over there I auditioned for loads of different bands that was my thing so I moved to London joined a band yeah. get famous yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, easy easy <laughs> <laughs> so I tried out for different bands like punk bands and like metal bands like the weirdest weirdest bands like I, I auditioned for a heavy metal like a female vocal it was like kind of like an. they wanted me to sing like pretty much opera but it was over like heavy metal and I was just like okay this doesn't feel like that right um, so I tried I sang with different people for a while and it didn't really work out and then I ran out of money mm. and you know I was like Dean I didn't want to get to live in London you need to either have money or have a good job that yeah. you can afford to live there like the rents at that time were kind of like Dublin now it was yeah. like madness um, but um, I moved home and a friend of mine was like I'm going to move to Dublin and I have a twin room, like there's an extra bed in the room, like come on, let's just move to Dublin for a couple of months and yeah. like, let's see how we get on. So I was like, alright, cool. So like there was like seven of us like moved into this massive house and um, we just had this great time and started working with Terror Records, mm. which is um, a record store um, in, in Dublin. And just met like those people that were kind of involved in music and you know started going to gigs and started like hanging out with people that were you know, on the scene, I suppose. And um, I was at a house party and I met Daniel, who would be the person that I set up the band with. And we went from a house party to a place called the Chancery, which mm. is on the Keys. It's an early house. Okay. <laughs> so it was like seven o'clock in the morning after being awake all night. And I was like, yeah, I want to be a singer. And he was like, I want to start a band with you. And I was like, what? And then he was like, let's start a band. So it was like this mad thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, he stuck to us. He came to my apartment um, about a week later with like mics and laptop and recording equipment. He's like, right, you're going to sing on this song that I have. And I was like, no, no, I can't. It was so shy. Like, I I, I didn't even like my voice at the time. Um, And I was so embarrassed. I sat in the wardrobe, sat in my wardrobe on the floor and he put the mics in and then I sang with like, had stuff but um yeah so we started we started seeing each other um so we had used to always had this one joke where it was like you know he only like said i have to start a band because like he wanted to spend more time yeah, you know, yeah. but um so we um went out with each other for about well for about five years that we were in the band um and he was in other bands at the time and then it just came really apparent that the work that we were doing um, we had this sort of really good dynamic where it was like a male and female vocal we mm. looked quite cool you know we were different it was like everything was sort of the same in the Irish music scene it was all like guys in tweed jackets and acoustic guitars yeah, and yeah. then it was all like leather jackets and like really harsh but there was kind of something missing you know there was a lack of 
now there's loads of girls in bands but yeah. at that time there wasn't really that you know there was a cool obviously there was September girls there was a band called Stagger Lee at the time right. they had these really cool girls that were doing great things um, but you know there wasn't that sort of like someone who was like cool and yeah. you know like that I suppose didn't like give a shit or whatever yeah. you know what I mean about like I just want to be in a rock and roll band and I was like we heavily influenced by Oasis and Courtney Love and Rodal and Estelle mm. and stuff like that so um, we ended up like recording the songs that we were recording we were doing them at home um, and Daniel was incredible musician still is um, and you know we started releasing them for free on MySpace at the time yeah. and when MySpace music came out that's how long it was and you'd have like your MySpace profile and then you'd have three little um, you'd have a, three slots for three songs three tracks or whatever and um, we just used to put up songs like every month or every two months then those people just got you know then the radio station started picking up on us oh, you know wow. local radio were like oh god I heard the song and then I think because we were sort of independent and we weren't really touring it kind of turned into this little kind of underground cool thing where people would go to house parties like wait and hear this band Cuss oh, We Jane yeah. you know what I mean and um, people were like oh they're kind of like the Jesus and Mary chain oh they're kind of like the Velvet Underground because they're called Jane and oh yeah. my god it's like Oasis with a, lead, with a female lead singer and it's like Fleetwood Mac so all this kind of stuff started bubbling away we started touring and then um, we were doing that for a couple of years and then we obviously got approached by a record label which is Rika's at the time and you know that was like a for there were so many of our peers that were in bands that were struggling and trying yeah. to find a way to um, crack through and to get someone to back them and money. Money is always, yeah, you know, yeah. if people have money, they don't need record labels or they mm. don't need management or they don't need, you know, infighting. They don't need the, well, you always need a promoter, but they don't need to go into contracts where the promoter like gets this massive chunk yeah, of, their, yeah, yeah, of their, their purse or income or whatever it might be. So you're kind of like that age and someone is saying to you, we're going to give you this money. We're going to put you on tour. We're going to put you into a proper studio. And you're like, God, this is amazing. Like we're living the dream. We've made it. Little do you know. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like a little hamster on a big wheel. Um, But yeah, so um, that's when I kind of stepped up a gear and we started touring. And, you know, for all the good that I've done us and all the memories that we made and, you know, the experiences that we had, it was also, you know, detrimental as well to the, the creativity of the band and especially the relationships between um, us, especially me and Daniel, obviously we broke up, you know, yeah. and that was traumatic. Um, and obviously then you have to go to work every day with um, an ex-boyfriend and, you know, um, obviously writing music is not something that, you know, so it would be like, he'd write a new song, I'll have this new song come in and then I'd be like, that's about me. <laughs> you wrote that about me, you know, it might not be the nicest. <laughs> so you know, yeah, yeah, then yeah. it could be then it could be the flip side. It could be something very like sweet, and you know, you'd feel you know your heart be broken having to read it. But um, uh, yeah. So we, you know, that was like seven, eight years, and I didn't think I'd ever. I thought I would just play music for the rest of my life, and then mm-hmm. I would retire into the sunset and like a little ranch and yeah. you know, with a guitar and spend my money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out like that. You know, we um, we obviously the band ended after a certain amount of time, but. Uh, um yeah and then that, that that's how it led to it, you know what i mean it was like it ended for um i'd say like eight years yeah yeah it was kind of weird because when we finished um when we finished the band uh we had an album that was um ready to go mm. it was finished it was done and there was 
more, even more record labels that are involved now. The bigger record labels like Universal, Warner, you oh, know, wow. I mean, that were planning on releasing it. And, you know, we were touring further afield. We were in America, we were in Singapore. Um, so it was like that weird crunch time yeah, where yeah. you get to a certain level and it's like, now we need to focus yeah. and now you need to really drive on. Yeah. Um, but you're at that stage where you've been touring for like five, six years and then, you know, you haven't had, we used to have time off, you know, it could be like six, seven months and we'd be on a tour bus and wherever it might be. And then we come home and we mm. get a couple of days and you go on that. So you'd be on the session for yeah. seven months because yeah. you're on tour, but then you get home and you're like, you want to see everyone, you want a little bit of normality. And um, yeah, you just, you're burnt out. It's very hard. It's really hard to, to um, explain. And I think you can only really understand this if you're in a band and it goes with anything you have yeah. to be in it to understand it or to, to experience it but it's I still people say to me all the time tell me about that time tell me about the bands explain to me about like why didn't it work it was to the outside people are like well they're, this is the best they've ever been yeah, yeah. they've got their, their their stage show together they've gotten you know they're performing well they're sounding great they're writing really good music mm. like they're going to make it like they're mm. going to be you too do you yeah, know what I mean yeah, like yeah. and you're you're hearing this at the time you know you're hearing this and you're hearing record labels saying this that and you think you know best and they think they know best and Oh, it's just a, a very weird uh, you have to be very together hmm. and to be together you can't be drinking you can't be taking drugs you can't be you know you have to be focused you know I think for any advice that I give anyone that was not even in a band but chasing after anything that they want to do any goal that they set out for you have to be healthy like actually yeah. like train hard like be consistent with you know your mindset and hmm. meditation or whatever it might be because it's only in that instance then that you have the ability to be able to, you know, focus and get the job yeah. done, I suppose. If you're drinking, if you're like eating unhealthy, if you're not sleeping properly, if you're around negative people that are not driven or that don't understand what you want to mm. do, it sucks the life out of you. Do you, know I mean? you, yeah. you can't focus, you can't regenerate, you can't progress, which is, you know, um, some people don't like hearing that, but that's just the truth, you know. It's, yeah. and the path to success or you know whatever you label success as whatever it is to you um is extremely lonely do you know what i mean so when you find people that are on the same journey as you it's very important to keep them close and to um you know prosper together yeah 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 it seems very it sounds very reminiscent of the whole social media thing of like from the outside, it looked like everything was perfect. Everything's going well, you know. And yes. like, but on the inside, you said everything was just falling apart, you know. Yeah. And how did that then take effect on your mental health? Like, how did that affect you? You know, towards the end, it was kind of mainly for your own health. Did you kind of ended up walking away and stuff? And you. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I walked away. Um, I would say that I was fired. Okay. If I'm being, if I'm being honest with myself, you know, that's ultimately what happened. You know, Daniel gave me a. Um, an ultimatum where he was like I can't work with you anymore mm. and it's not getting any better and I wasn't turning up for rehearsals at this time I, I had gotten into a relationship with another person at that time and I just wanted to be with him you mm. know I just wanted to spend all my time with him and I wanted to just uh, you know I would be gone for days I would yeah. just be with this new boyfriend and I would just be like you know just living life just drinking wine and like meeting all his friends and socialising and 
just living in a bubble of because I wanted to just forget. Yeah, I yeah, wanted yeah. to deal with everything that was going on around me, um, and and especially with the, the what was going on in the band and the relationships that were breaking down. But not only just Daniel, but everyone else that was in the band as well. Because it's hurtful, you know. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a hard thing to step back and go. You know, they don't like me anymore. I don't like them anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's people that you are family with. You know mm. what I mean? It's it's a very uh, and I never thought that it would end. I yeah. never thought that it would finish ever. I was like, we will just we will just have this miserable relationship, <laughs> but it will never end. And that was like sort of the bond that I kind of fed off. I was like, I'll as bad as it is, I will never leave. Yeah. Um, and it took him having to say, I don't want to do this anymore, yeah. which I thought he would never say. And I was absolutely heartbroken when it happened. Um, and then it was bitter. Then it was angry. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. he can't do that to me. Yeah. You know, I made him, you know. <laughs> you say all this ridiculous stuff at the time. Um, but in hindsight, we made each other and we needed each other to to prosper. And I, I would like to think that he would, you know, recognize that to some degree now. Um, we obviously haven't spoken since that time. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would see his family quite a bit, you know, but um, and we got on really well. And with the other guys that are in the band, like, I'm really well as well. But um, it's just one of those things. You just have to um, be mature about it and say, yeah, I messed up. You know, yeah. I messed up that relationship and this is a result of it, you know. Like, he wasn't innocent in, in it. I wasn't innocent in it. We yeah. both played a part. Everyone played a part in it. But you're young and you don't really understand. So that's why it's very important for young people to just relax and take a step back and to assess the situations. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of mental health, when I left, it was when you're when you're on a wheel of being in a band and you're touring and it's this and it's that and it's all exciting and um, fast paced. When you come off that, it's um, not easy. Yeah. Not easy at all because you are just a loser well that's why i felt like a yeah. loser you know i was still drinking all the time i was still partying like a rock star but you're not a rock star yeah, yeah, do you know yeah, what i mean yeah. it's i suppose it's the way same way of being like you know oh, i'm a fighter yeah but you don't fight yeah, 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 yeah you yeah. say you're fighting or you're like oh i'm training hard you know but you're, you're on your phone like yeah every for two hours when you're in the gym you know what i mean so it's the same thing of like I wasn't being real with myself. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't being real with myself and acknowledging that, okay, this is over and you need to name a band, do something else. Or, so I've done a few things. I done. I started a new band and I started like writing and I done like guest vocals on other people's records and stuff like that for about a year. Um, and then I just couldn't do anymore. I just fell out of love with the process of writing and um, it just didn't bring me any joy anymore. Yeah. And I think when something stops bringing you joy or happiness, I think that's when you have to um, take a step back or to yeah. walk away from it to maybe appreciate it or to get a new focus and to move on. But um, I definitely, when I, around this time was when I, I, I broke up with that boyfriend and then I moved out of the house that we were living in and, you know, uh, went for that kind of change again. Mm. I used to like do something to change my living environment or my circle or whatever it might be. And that's when the jiu-jitsu came in, yeah. you know, so jiu-jitsu changed everything for me in terms of like actually how I thought about things and how I responded to people and, you know, gave me a sense of purpose. It gave me an understanding of life. It gave me a toolbox to deal with, you know, anxiety and depression. Like I can't stress enough. The only people who will be able to tell you about the contrast would be my really close friends, my, my girlfriends yeah. that, you know, 
I grew up with um, and a couple of the close friends that have stuck with me and uh, through all of this you know and that's what I think the warning signs kind of when I did change and I did start jiu-jitsu and I did sort of make this transition you know I remember my one of my best friends Robbie uh, saying to me you know um, he was like he was like saying I'm so proud of you he was like you've made this complete transition mm-hmm. turned into a completely different person um, and he was like I'm so happy because there was a point where I didn't think I could be your friend anymore oh. and again it was that thing of like I had no idea I was so oblivious and yeah. so caught up in my own world um, that I didn't understand that it was starting to affect you know other people around me and that was very hard to, to deal with especially when you're you're out of it so you're he's saying something to you that was gone and passed and you're like god I had no idea I wish I'd known and you just feel bad and you just like you know it took a very long time for me to um just embrace what he said to me yeah. <laughs> and it was like you know I would really cry every time I would see him I'd just be like oh, I can't believe that like I'd done this to you and it's not that you're doing anything bad it's just like people who love you um it's very hard for them to be around you and consistently watch you drive yourself into the ground you know what I mean and they're stuck with a predicament of you know I know or I feel that if I walk away maybe the shock that that walking away will give that person will help them to figure things out or to Mm. get seek the help that they need um but then you have a fear that you know obviously you have the guilt of leaving someone you have the guilt of um you know, the fear of what if they move on without me or, you know, whatever yeah, it might yeah, be. Yeah. There's all these different elements that go into it. And ultimately, the only thing that can can save someone or that can help someone out of a dark place or making wrong decisions is themselves. Yeah. That's, that's the good and bad side of it. Yeah. Um, that's, um, that's what happens, yeah. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I definitely you touched on it there and I think it's so true is the whole starting martial arts. Like, I know I do jiu-jitsu, you do jiu-jitsu yeah, as well. Yeah, Shaolin MMA. Yeah, Shaolin MMA. Um, but, uh, it's amazing what, what it actually teaches you. I don't know, like, it's just, like, jiu-jitsu is all about being, like, calm, collected, not mm-hmm. losing your head, because if you lose your head, you're going to get choked out. Yeah. You know, like, like yeah. and I think, obviously, the more uh, more learned from it, the, the more you actually realise that. But it also, I think the one thing that also, that learning martial arts give you is a sense of confidence. As in, like, so, mm-hmm. you're to hold your head up a little bit higher, knowing that, like, I don't want to hurt anyone, but I can def- be able to defend myself. Yeah. Um, and what do you think about that in this day and age for young women and stuff that are like, you know, that I feel like, you know, a lot of them are like, oh, be nice to everyone. And, you know, as my, like the whole, like in the school system and then the college system was like, okay, be nice, be careful what you say, don't say anything mean to people. Yeah. But that's not a reality, you know, no. like people are going to, there's going to be physical confrontation, there's going to be verbal confrontation. What do you think it's necessary for a lot of young women and even young lads to get into martial arts and stuff? Or Yeah, I mean, like, Again, I can only talk from personal experience, but I found that um, from a mental side, the the security that jiu-jitsu gave me in terms of being able to tap someone out or yeah. to be, be, be dominant with someone or to have the upper hand on someone, that helped me heal a lot of like personal issues that I had about not feeling protected or not feeling safe, which mm. was like something that I kind of carried on to my adult life and my childhood. Um, and, you know when you it's sort of like being like de-layered you know as the more you train the more you learn about the sport the more confidence it gives you and you have have the ability then to let all the bullshit pass i suppose do you know what i mean that's kind of what a lot of people say that happens um but in terms of the importance for look you it's i can't sit here and say 
every single child and every single girl guy whatever it is they should be uh, do martial arts Trinkums. because yeah, yeah, you know what I mean but I mean I would love that I'd love to see jiu-jitsu and skills most definitely but yeah. um, I understand as well like I have so many girl female friends that when I tell them about jiu-jitsu or training or you know sparring or whatever it might be they're like I couldn't couldn't be that close to someone they find it really yeah. intrusive and like you know course, it's, yeah. so there's different things like that you have to be I from day one I never had an issue with that do you mm. know what I mean so um but in terms of its importance it's massively important mm. I mean especially for women to be able to have a confidence to know like I, I don't walk at night on my own right I'm not an idiot yeah, so I don't yeah. put myself into situations where I'm like okay yeah. there's a dark alley down here I'm gonna trot down here yeah. you know at four o'clock in the morning and like test my jiu-jitsu you know (laughs) i've never been in a situation that i would never ever do anything that but when you know there's there's times when if you are out and you know i still socialize a lot but i don't drink that often right yeah i drank i was out this weekend i had a few (laughs) normally i'd have two or three do you know what i mean so i'm still some kind of have awareness right and i don't wear heels that often and stuff so i always if i am walking to get a cab or going somewhere to meet someone you know and say for instance there's a girl or a guy I sort of just do a thing in my head where I'm like right if they were to yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. grab you like what well, you were able to have a sense of I know what I'll do yeah and sparring in particular gives you a sort of um you know being comfortable in the uncomfortable and being able to put like sort of be like a diamond in that like you have a certain amount of pressure I suppose yeah that like you, you can come through it or you can work through it so yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what martial arts teaches you is that like in that moment you can be like calm and consider the environment and then you can get yourself out of that situation yeah no martial arts school will tell you that you know you should learn to spar so that you can do that on the street and that you can potentially hurt someone that's not the way it works yeah. it's get in get out and you know get yourself minimal hurts yeah of course do you know what I mean? but um for kids, yeah, it's definitely something I would recommend. Yeah. If I ever did have kids, I'd definitely put them into jiu-jitsu. And I'd put them into Muay Thai as well, actually. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'd put them into everything and hope that they gravitate towards Stick one of them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because yeah. Yeah. I know a great example of it, now this is just a very like, famous example, but she was the last year of maths there, was in the restaurant. Yeah. And well, was one 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 guy, a drunk guy in there was getting pretty handsy with one of the waitresses and was like, getting aggressive and stuff and yeah. he's able to, like obviously Matt Harris, like if you know anything about MMA, he's a black belt, has his own gym yeah. in New York and Veteran, stuff. Veteran, yeah. Yeah, UC Hall of Famer. But yeah. um, he was able just to subdue him, keep him down and just wait till the security came, you know, and didn't even, didn't even have to inflict any pain on him, you know. Yeah. Obviously Matt Harris striking and everything like but he just used jiu-jitsu just to control the situation yeah, and everything was and didn't have to hurt anyone but it was... I think that's a prime example of where it could be used you know like if it ever did need to be used it's effective you know what I mean yeah absolutely but and like in those like people watch those videos and they're like oh I love that happens I could take someone down I mean, you don't I mean I, I, sorry so you, I definitely don't want to um, ever be in a situation I've never been in a street yeah. fight yeah no, no, no you know what I mean but um, I always I, I was actually joking with obviously you met Craig uh, Craig Copley before he left here yeah and we I was walking um, to get food with him the other day and uh, I was like I think I'm gonna fight soon I think I'd like to fight my guy <laughs> yeah and then I was like you know totally like badgering him and he was like no I'm not gonna let you fight I was like what <laughs> why not he's like you're too delicate you know so like although and he doesn't mean that in like a a sexist way or anything like that yeah, it means yeah. it in 
um, you know, it takes a certain quality to be a fighter, to be a good fighter, yeah, to be yeah. on his level. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Not everyone can do what he does. Do you know what I mean? No, um, most people think they can, but they exactly. Well, this is a, a definite thing. People, and a lot of people, you know, think that, especially when they start in some place like this gym, you know, um, that they see him, they see him being the best. And like, some people do come in and think that they can, you know, have any kind of standpoint or stand with him it's just like he's <laughs> the best in the world like this is just not going to happen but jiu-jitsu is a little bit easier i think do you yeah. know what I mean like yeah, so yeah, yeah. you can spar men that are bigger than you and you can you know get the upper hand and then you can be getting choked you know so it's it's a lot softer i mean it's tough yeah. it's like the gentle arts like i've definitely been injured more times in jiu-jitsu than yeah. i've ever been in my thought you know but um and i do spar the lads um but there's a kind of beauty and there's a, a necessity to all of my finds. And I think that when I started training my fight in here particularly, it definitely lent itself to uh, jiu-jitsu and the competition jiu-jitsu when I do get the opportunity to compete yeah. um, when work doesn't get in the way. Um, so, you know, stuff like that is, is really yeah. good. It's a, it's a learning curve as well. And then I know it hasn't really, I know in the States it's starting to become more and more prevalent because you've seen the likes of BJ Penn lately to restraining order, Tony Ferguson training order and Matthew's the same what is your thoughts and opinions on the whole CTE and then that kind of element of it that's not really I don't think it's been brought to the forefront fully yet you know the mm-hmm. whole CTE aspect what's your kind of thoughts on it um, I mean again like th- those kind of conversations I sort of like not that I get nervous about them, but I just don't know enough information yeah, about them. Yeah, yeah. I don't get punched in the head, you know what I mean? I'll get punched in the head, maybe sparring, like, but it's I'm not fight, it's not being yeah, punched yeah, in the yeah. head like you would in a fight, you know. Um uh, I understand that there's like massive health safety implications that are, are kind of put in place for fires today, especially over here, especially yeah. in Ireland with Safe MA and IMA, especially for the amateur side. Um, you know, I think that definitely there needs to be a lot more or a continued growth in the the the, the science of it and mm. the research in it. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, no sport is safe. Oh, absolutely not. No, yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No sport is safe, and especially contact sports. Um, and fighters in particular know the risk that they take yeah. when they go into the coaches too. The, you know, I think the only people who aren't really aware of it is the audience or the people yeah. who are buying the tickets, you know. Um, thankfully, the... You know the fatalities, especially over here, are minimal. You yeah, know, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, we want them to be non-existent. Yeah, we course. never want anyone to be hurt, yeah. um, especially you know long term. Um, but again, it's about being smart yeah. and it's about being sensible and it's about choosing a good gym. It's about choosing a good coach. It's about being sensible when you train, not having an ego, not having to prove anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that that kind of filters back. I know it's sort of you're talking about the top end of like thoughts on the actual process of it but I think it's important to kind of um, level down and remember the sort of structure of, yeah, of yeah, you yeah. know uh, personal responsibility is that yeah. no I totally agree and just, I, I don't think is that I, a terrible answer is that the answer to your question <laughs> I honestly I just I just don't know yeah. enough well, about like, it there is a lot of science as in, like it's still very it's still a very new topic it's still being like widely researched so I just yeah. I don't know I've always kind of looked into it because you're hearing the rugby stuff I was like my dad never let me get into rugby when I was younger yeah. because he knew the head trauma and stuff. So he never yeah. let me go in anywhere near that. And then, well, of, I mean, again, I, I nobody that does rugby come at me after this podcast release. But you know, for me, although I see people getting kicked in the head and being cut open with elbows 
every weekend. Yeah. Um, this uh, something about rugby that makes me even. It's something about charging our American football, yeah, charging same. forward at full force to you know get a, the the rugby ball or whatever yeah. it is. Um, out of, out of, but I remember when I watched um that Will Smith movie. Oh, concussion. Concussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a scene in that movie where um, he puts. Spoiler alert! Turn off the podcast for a couple minutes if you. It's a few years out now. Okay. But he's showing his wife, I think, um, about how his theory is will come from uh, CT, and he puts, I think, it's a piece of fruit or an apple or something in a water bottle, and then he, he puts a little bit of water in it. And he starts shaking it like this, and he's like, "This is your brain. Like this yeah. is essentially the fluid in your brain, your brain inside the skull." And uh, he's moving like that, and then he's like shaking up the pace, and then he brings in the 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 ideal of um, the woodpecker or all these animals that are yeah. born with like you know horns, or they're they're born with um, shock absorbers in, yeah, their, in their brains, brains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how that humans just do not possess this whatsoever, mm. and how delicate the human skull is. After I watched that, I was like. I came down here. I was like, nobody even think about punching me in the head yeah. for at least six weeks. I was like, <laughs> yeah. like, and the same with jiu I was like, nobody like chokes and stuff. I was like, oh guys, you yeah, know, because yeah. they say that about jiu-jitsu, like with the collar chokes and so for gi jiu-jitsu, yeah. you know, obviously your, your lapel chokes, like you have two hands onto the lapel and you're twisting the lapel in a certain way to cut the circulation off, off, the, of, brain, off yeah. the, 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 oxygen flow which is obviously going to the brain now I have yeah. to say I've never been choked unconscious in jiu-jitsu close to it yeah, so you know yeah, where yeah. I'm like oh, get out of this I reckon I'll be okay and then you're like no choke you know yeah. Um, but um, yeah it's definitely uh, definitely something that I'm interested in and I'd, I'd love to learn more about but as of right now like I, I wouldn't be able to um, attack or defend us. Yeah, 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 no, which is fair, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah, without yeah. the proper knowledge or proper language. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, it's just the only, the only thing I think it needs to be done is obviously I don't know if there's even is the research out there, but just if kids are getting in, is that like or people in general, any age people getting in, just going like this is what you're this is what you're signing up for. And as long as once yeah. people know what they're getting into, then it's fine yeah. because I I don't believe that there should be any governing body going like you can't do this, you can't do that with your body, like. It's your body, you can do whatever you want. If you're not harming anyone else, go do it. And I think martial arts are one of the best things you can do. And like clearly you enjoy watching martial arts as well. Like it's, they're very enjoyable. And like of course, when you're sitting there and there's a Francis and Ghana or someone, <laughs> someone going, yeah. going knocking someone out. But I, I definitely agree with the whole rugby and American football as in mm. I feel uncomfortable. Like I watch MMA every weekend. I even watch their stories, but I watch it on, on BT Sport as well. But um like when someone gets knocked out, sometimes you're like, oh that, that's rough. But then when you're seeing Heavyweights, really, like like 130 kilo yeah. guys running head first at each other. Yeah, like it's sort of weird though, right? Because like when I do, I do think about like you know watching rugby. I remember I, I actually went to uh, a rugby match when I was I don't know. I think like I don't know, a boyfriend or something brought me to a rugby match, and I remember watching it. And one of the uh, rugby players, what it was an attacker or something, but when he, he he was calling the ref or coach or whoever on the side, and then. It was up on the screen that hit the bone had come out of his thumb, right? Uh, it literally had just like popped out, like when you know when you finish a chicken wing, like yeah. it was like popped out, and he was just yeah. like you know, and they were looking at, it and he's like, no, you have to come off, and he's like, ah, what do I have to come off? Or wrap it <laughs> yeah. up, you know? <laughs> I was like, what is going on here? This is nuts. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, but there's something about like there's 
I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like you know, again, my friends say to me, "How do you watch this crap?" Like, yeah, because you're on the, you're on the side of the ring, like very very close. I remember I, there was actually a really good story. I was, um, I think it was Lara Byrne, who was like a really well known referee over here, K one mm. and Muay Thai ref, and I was stand like because I film like hanging off the ropes. You yeah, know? Like, that's what I do when I'm working. Like I'm literally like trapped around, even the cameras or whatever, and um, I don't know what happened, but. Some guy just got absolutely sparked like, right in front of me and the next minute he just completely like folded and I just literally kept the camera down <laughs> and I just didn't blink, didn't know nothing. Yeah. There was people screaming, oh jeez, you know, and after Lars came into me and he was just like, oh god, this is the funniest thing ever. Like, <laughs> you didn't even flinch at all, do you know what I mean? Like, he didn't even bother you, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. And there's kind of like a beauty to it as well. You know, when you see it, someone get knocked out, like a really good knockout. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, there's like an art, it's like, it's beautiful. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's artistic. Yeah. And when yeah. you see someone like be able to hit a combination or a head kick or a knee or an elbow yeah. and it like, you know, knock somebody out or they get a stoppage or a finish. I think you appreciate it so much more when you train. Yeah. You realize yeah. how hard it is to, dominate somebody else especially yeah, someone who's at your same skill level and yeah. someone who's you know training just as hard as you are um and then it's just such a wonderful sport it's very it's like you know i'm i'm very emotional and um passionate and like you know i get really you know um involved in my job what i do yeah and also the fighters that i work with and it's it's a kind of like an emotional the closest thing I can um, explain to you is like when I was growing up and my dad would be like watching his sports Spurs and when he'd be watching Spurs play and you know my dad's very reserved and quiet and Sagittarian you know so he's like you know just very chill and just and then there's like certain moments where he's like obviously really mad at certain things but if he's watching football he's just filled with emotion filled with like you know you know just joy and like tense and oh my god no yeah, we're jumping yeah. up and you know and it, I used to find it kind of fascinating that I kind of like you see this like parallel sort of um, you know side to him where he I, yeah. he I thought he was one way and then I would see him watching football or when he, when I went with him he used to bring me to watch football you know so I think maybe somewhere inside that has lent itself to yeah, yeah, kind of the what I do now and the, the joy and the excitement that I get off of like a fight night and I have no differentiation between like a, uh, a kids show yeah and like something that's on the tree arena or the national basketball arena or whatever it is yeah and um, I just love it just I'm obsessed with it like um yeah it's obsessed I suppose is the yeah. good word <laughs> yeah healthy and, obsession and then would you just exclusively watch obviously you're going to a lot of the local events obviously in yeah. Ireland UK and then you're talking about you've talked early on about expansion into Europe and stuff yes. and in America. Yeah. Have you signed them? Is any any of them moving in that direction? Uh, there's nothing I can <laughs> say. I will, I promise I'll let you know when I do. But yeah. um, it's stuff on the table at the moment. Um, but I mean, I think UK was a huge opportunity for us. Um, Brian Calder, who's the promoter of UK, and um, you know he had us come over, especially when uh, Craig uh, fought last year, a year and a half ago. And you know, Craig was saying like oh, you should get in touch with him and you should like tell him what you do and I think he'd really be into you coming over and covering the show. 
So we got in touch and, you know, I went over and met him. He couldn't have been nicer. He was like, whatever you do, you do it and go for it, you yeah. know. And they're very relaxed as a promotion in terms of you can be ringside. Like some promotions that are quite big will say, like, you can't be at the cage, you can't be here, you can only go this way. Yeah. But he definitely respected that. Part of the beauty of MMA Connect TV and how it works so well is me being able to have access everywhere that I need to go. Yeah. Um, I'm within limits. I'm not an idiot. So yeah. I train myself so I know that I can't be with a camera yeah, <laughs> hanging yeah. in the ring. Yeah, I know that I can't be holding a ring because, especially in my thigh, if somebody's going to use the ring to, you know, to in the clinch or whatever it is um, but he was just really respectful he was just like you know you do whatever you do I trust that you know what you're doing so go for it and you know from then we established like a, a good relationship you know what I mean where yeah. it was like right come back and I need you to come back and, and do the next show and keep coming back and so that was the first when that happened the first time it was then that UK promoters were like oh so you do do outside of Ireland brilliant how do we get you over here Um so what I'm figuring out at the moment is obviously I, I have bookings for shows yeah. in Ireland and you know you have to be loyal to the promoters who've had my back for from day one that yeah. I to rebook me so I'm not going to say like, okay I've got this show in the UK that's just come through with this new promoter yeah. I'm going to cancel you um, but you know hopefully you keep ringing me in or whatever yeah, but um, yeah so it's just about planning and being strategic on, on how to work it but yeah that, that's the next thing America and, and Europe um, more documentaries more sort of um, going into the journey of the fighter, of the promoter, of, of the event, of you know, getting you to the viewer to see what exactly goes into to putting the show together. Yeah, exciting times ahead. And yeah. um, just one question, I want to start introducing this to all the end of the podcast. So yeah. my kind of whole channel is based off. Don't like, ask me about Brexit. No, <laughs> I don't okay. understand. Yeah, don't worry. My whole channel is like getting out of comfort zone and getting people just to start moving towards what they want to do because I feel like yes. a lot of people are like oh yeah I'm going to do that someday or I can't do this because I don't have that like I'm recording this on my phone and I mm-hmm. bought a mic off just over months of just kind of working and stuff you know yeah. like this very slow process of building this yes. but what would your advice be to someone that's starting or getting after the dreams of like you know you've done it twice you've done your mm-hmm. music and then now you're working with your MMA Connect TV what yeah. advice would you give to people? People ask me this all the time and I get about 100 messages a month of people saying like I want to do this I want to try this what can I do? How can I get started? Like what? Do we... There was nobody when I decided to do this. There was nobody that I could go to and ask for advice. Mm. I just had to do it. Yeah. I just had to figure it out. Turn up. Make mistakes. Yeah. That's the important thing. Make a lot of mistakes. I still make mistakes. I still make the wrong decision. I still make the wrong call on certain things. But you have to just just do it. Yeah. You know, people say to me, I I want to start doing interviews, but I don't. If you want to start doing interviews, then get some kind of camera or so you you can even use like your goddamn social media or like the internet or instagram or whatever it is yeah you just have to be creative and driven and just go after whatever it is that that you Mm. want to do and i think a a big part of youth culture especially today is that you know you're of an old you 17 17. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you're at a, a stage where a lot of you know not not to be generalizing but they need something in order to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not how I got where I was. I went at nothing to make sure that even with music, I was like, had a vision, had a goal and worked towards that. And you just, yeah. you get setbacks along the way. And if you're going to be a person that has a goal and you want to achieve something and something happens that doesn't go your way or you get bad news or something falls through and it throws you off track, yeah. then you're never going to be successful. You, there's always a way. You have to just 
have a goal, have a, an ideal uh, success story or whatever that is for you and you just have to stop at nothing to just keep going yeah. and make sure not to step on people in the way. That's yeah. an important thing because I think a lot of people when they get a certain um, level of success or if things go their way and the ego gets involved, yeah. you know, people tend to not want to... Um, they kind of forget, I suppose, mm-hmm. how difficult it was for them when they started out. Um, and I think it's important to remember, you know, there's a really good line that, you know, people that you meet on your way up, you'll meet them on your way down. So it's important to be very um, humble and um, polite and not take shit from people, but there's a way to do business, I suppose. So yeah. you certainly learn that. And I certainly learned that when I started out, it was like for fun, it was to just try something new. And then when I got serious about it, I had to learn that there's a business side and then there's a, you know, Lydia Day Dahl from MA Connect TV side. Yeah. So when I go into business meetings or when I go into whatever, you know, you have to, they have to meet up. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. No, yeah. thank you so much for Thank you this. so much. No problem. Um, just for anyone watching, I'll include her Instagram and everything, MMA Connect TV and Lydia Day Dahl on Instagram, but I'll include them down below. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And uh, and hit subscribe on MMA Connect TV. Of course, well. <laughs> of course. I like that as well. But uh, yeah, we'll see you next month. Good night.